Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Peru, of course, and One Nation, One Day, a great missions movement. Um, so we're going to be hearing from them a little bit uh, in a few moments, and myself as well. Uh, but of course, this is a, a normal Sunday as well, as normal as normal can be for Metro Church, um, and as normal as normal can be for a great God who's always doing amazing new things. So this month, our theme is on Imagine. And so I've got a message that I'm weaving either side of what you are going to be hearing uh, from the team as well. So imagine, and my title this morning then is, Imagine the Other Side of Your Yes. And that's an incredible statement. Imagine the other side of your yes. And you know, even that word imagine, that's pretty powerful uh, when you think about it and the power that is behind that. And um, I hadn't planned on saying this, but in actual fact... um, Many of you know that we've got a, a great way that people can respond to Christ by just texting the word yes to Jesus, uh, and that's your way of responding to him. And then what we do, we give you 30 days worth of Bible verses. But after those uh, 30 days of Bible verses have ended, there are a whole bunch of mini-series that you can opt into, and they run for 10 days, uh, just to give you, again, a bit of a window into the things of God. And so the mini-series that's on at the moment, um, and depending on where you hop onto the wagon, uh, you will all be on different series perhaps, uh, but I'm into the Imagine series. Um, and uh, Fow has actually written quite a lot of these miniseries, and, and I do some of them as well. So it's a bit of a, a mixture on there. But um, here's the one that came to you this morning on Imagine. This is from Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be light, and there was light. That's what God said. So in that, God showed us at the beginning the power of imagination. God knew what light was going to look like. So when he said, let there be light, there it was, because he'd already imagined it. So there is just huge, huge power um, in our imagining. So that's just to get you started. Now, of course, once you imagine something, then there needs to be action after that. So there needs to be a yes to that. And imagining the other side of a yes, well, I'm going to be sharing with you this morning, I don't need to imagine the other side of my yes in some aspects of my life. I've just come back from the other side of yes. But that was only one version of yes. There's more yeses uh, that are ahead for me and for everybody else. But in that word, yes, it's pretty powerful, and God's been evolving this message. In actual fact, probably over the last three years uh, in my heart and in my spirit. So I'm going to give you three different ways to write down the word yes. So I'm going to give you all three points right now, and then we will work through those. The first yes is a lowercase y, y-e-s. Yes is always a very powerful word. And when you say yes to Jesus, that's incredibly powerful. So I'm not trying to underestimate the power of saying yes to Jesus. But that's the beginning yes. It's life-changing. It's incredible. The second yes is spelt with a capital Y. And there's a bit of a difference sometimes in your life when you say yes with a capital Y. And the third yes is all capitals, capital Y, capital E, capital S on there. So we're going to be journeying through those uh, briefly this morning. So, of course, the first yes is to Jesus. Uh, If we have a look at John chapter 5 and verse 24, awesome scripture, which says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. If you're here this morning and you've never realized the power of that Bible verse, if you've never said yes to Jesus in that particular way, it's one thing to know about God, perhaps to believe in him. You can even believe in Jesus, but we need to go further than that. That Bible verse tells us we need to accept Jesus into our heart. We need to say, Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior. And so that's the most important yes you will ever say 
in your entire life. And we're going to give you an opportunity towards the end of this morning's service to do that if you haven't already done that. So that's fantastic. We become Christians if we uh, allow God to come into our lives. But if you're like me, every day is not a high point. Hopefully every day is not a low point, but not every day is a high point. Those are the exceptions. Those are the norms. And we just do general day-to-day life. There's ebbs and flows on there. And there's opportunities that uh, God will bring you away if you're open to him. And you can say yes to those. And that's fantastic. And you don't get to be a Christian for 10, 20, 30, 40 years without saying yes to Jesus or yes to God on a regular basis. So there is incredible power in when you say yes uh, to those types of things. But there comes a change in your life sometimes when you will actually have another opportunity in God and they will be with a capital Y. And you'll know what they are because you've got the daily sacrifice, the daily dying to self, the daily coming before God in prayer uh, and reading a Bible, which, and if you don't do that, you need to. You need to regularly be in God, uh, spending time with Him. And that'll be your daily yeses. But there will be different times when there's something significant, whatever significant is in your mind or whatever you feel significant is. And that's what I refer to as uh, the yeses with capital Ys. And when those things come your way, if you're like me, uh, the, the human emotions say, I can't do that. Why are you asking me to do that, God? I, I think I must have misheard you here. Surely you can't be asking me to do that. When you have that reaction, chances are it really is God. And it's just your humanity that you need to go work through those. But let me give you the confidence that God has in you because he wrote it. If he calls you to do it, then you can. Let's have a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, which says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed. Behold, all things have become new. We are new creations when we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Saviour. And I know if you've been a Christian for quite a while, you can easily read those verses and they can become a little bit blasé. Like you get used to it. You know, it's like it's, it's winter at the moment and we're, we're in the middle of winter. And so I think we've probably all adjusted to winter. So we've got our coats like this on. And so it doesn't feel as cold as it does on that first winter's night or that first winter's day. And that can be the case with our, our walk with God. We can read the Bible and get really, really comfortable with it and know it in our heads, but not really know it in our hearts or in our spirits. But this verse is incredibly powerful. We are a new creation. All things are past. We are a new, cre- a new being, a new creation. I want to show you an image, which I'm sure we've all seen this, but if we can show that image, thanks, Colton. It's uh, a butterfly, but of course, before a butterfly becomes a butterfly, it's a caterpillar. So a very similar image. It's a very simple image, but I want you to look at the huge difference between those two things. The caterpillar looks nothing at all like the butterfly and vice versa. But if you apply that scripture of 2 Corinthians 5.17, the old becomes the new. That is the difference in our lives. We become the, the, the transformation just as that big change from a caterpillar to a butterfly is. That's how God sees us. That's what he says about us. And whether you accept it or not, I'm sorry, that doesn't change the fact that it's true. And sometimes in God's word, we can read it and go, is that true? Well, if God wrote it, it absolutely is true. But sometimes it's just going to be a bit of a delayed delayed reaction before it becomes true in our heart. But just because it's not true in our heart doesn't mean it isn't true. If God says it, then it is true. So I want to encourage you, lay hold of that scripture. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So no matter what it is that God might ask you to do, you can do it. He will give you the ability to do that. So let me journey just briefly before the team comes up. One of the capital Ys that happened in my life, it was in 2016. 
And our church got approached to be part of One Nation One Day, and the campaign was for the following year in 2017, and that was heading off to Nicaragua. And, and I felt God call me to do that. I felt him say, I need you to go there. And it was like, really? This is so not what I've been expecting, what I've been thinking about. But I absolutely knew that God wanted me to go there. So for me, that wasn't one of my day-to-day yeses. That was one of those big for me, oh my goodness, okay, God, I need to say yes to you for this. So I did that. That was a capital Y. So my first Y was I'm going to go and I'm going to be a part of the missionary team. The second Y with a capital Y came along my my way, the second yes rather, with a capital Y. I was then asked to actually train and prepare the team before we went. And so that was kind of like new territory for me. So I said yes with a capital Y. Then as the trip got closer, I was then asked to actually lead the team in country once we went over to Nicaragua. So that was another capital Y yes for me. And when you say yes to God in those instances and when you really are clinging on to him and you say, God, I can't do this, which is a great place to be in, by the way. If you say, God, I can't do this, but I need you. Awesome. I think God loves that. So I absolutely relied on him. Um, And over there, I was just blown away by how God enabled me to do what he had called me to do. I really shouldn't have been surprised, but I was because I, you know, I was on one side of my capital Y and I was living the other side of the capital Y uh, in the yes. Um, and I'm actually seeing Gabby down here. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, Gabby, but Gabby said, to, he was on the team, by the way. Gabby said to me one day, he says, Pastor Bruce, um, you know, we love what you're doing over here. How many missions trips have you been on before? And I said, none. This is my first ever trip. And he said to me, that's amazing. He said, it looks like you've been doing this for years and it looks like you've been leading all these things for years. Now, I don't say that to boast on my own human skills. I say that to boast on Jesus because he called me to do it and therefore he equipped me to do it to the extent that it looked like I'd always been doing this. Because you know what? From the beginning of time, I already had done it. God had already predetermined that he wanted me to do that. He did require me to say yes with a capital Y But when I did that, God was there, right there, and he met me in that. So that was uh, pretty amazing. My saying yes with a capital Y in 2016 for the trip to Nicaragua also then set me up to say yes to Peru uh, in this year of 2019. Uh, But uh, a little bit more on that briefly. So I'm going to invite the team that uh, are here this morning, if you guys could come up. So that's going to be Mwaba, Owen and David. Here they come. Amazing, powerful people. Give them a clap. Yep. They've got their, uh, their red team T-shirts, which I asked them to, uh, to wear just to help with the whole thing. Um, and, of course, I had mine ready to iron this morning as well. So I'd washed it since I got back from Peru because it's a little bit sweaty and stuff. Uh, come over a little bit closer to the light, guys, so we can all see you. So um, I had my T-shirt ready to iron this morning, and I went to uh, iron it, and it looked like a lady's crop top. Um, it had gone into the washing machine and then the dryer, which was clearly the mistake. And so I thought, that's not going to really do too well this morning. So... Be grateful I did not wear it, okay? Be grateful. Uh, But we've got the team here and um, I've asked them, I've given them a really strict challenge. I said, guys, I'm going to ask you two questions and your challenge is to answer each question within two minutes. Now, we could all talk for hours on end, I'm sure, because there's so much stuff that, that we all saw individually. I've heard some of it uh, through some of the team members since we've been back for a couple of weeks. So that's their real challenge. So please know what they're sharing isn't all that happened. It's just a snippet um, of what happened. So, Alan, I'll grab that mic. Thank you. And uh, then the team can talk also. Fantastic. So I'm going to do ladies first. 
Sa Mwaba. Now, you've got a couple of photos that you sent through as well. So when do we need to show the photo versus what you're going to be sharing about? Is it first up or in between? Okay, straight for the photos. So the first photo for Mwaba. Thank you very much. Here it comes. Awesome. All right. So I had two questions for you, Mwaba. The first one is, what did you see happen or what did you see God do that stands out to you the most? And obviously it's got something to do with this. So um, the other side of yes, just to go back a little bit, for me um, it was everything that Pastor Bruce has shared, it's like he's sharing my story of how I came to go to, uh, to this trip to Peru. I was barely two weeks old in this church when uh, the mission trip was announced and I went like, where do I sign? Um, I had no idea, of course, what a challenge it was going to be leading up to that. So, um, but long story short, I have been um, on a very long journey. I came to this country 14 years ago without necessarily understanding what my purpose was in Christ as I was living out my life. And that may sound like a shock to most of you because, um, you know, you would think that you would know what you're meant to do on, life, on earth, but... Um, God has a way of communicating this. I was sitting um, in Peru on the first day before the rest of the team came, and I was reading a book, and in that book was a quote that said, the purpose of life is a life of purpose. Wow. And yeah. I had no idea that all these years I have been living on earth, I had to make the trip to Peru on a mission for God in order for me to understand why I was alive. And so... Um, we went to about 12, maybe 15 schools because I was on the general mission trip. And um, I think 95% of those schools, we were not allowed to mention the name of Jesus. We were not allowed to pray for the kids. We're not even allowed to touch the kids. And so it was such a huge challenge because I thought, well, what's the purpose of a mission trip if you can't speak about the mission? But when you have prayed and have left everything to God, the light of God, the love of God shines through everything you do. And it doesn't matter because it just communicates and every child saw that. Now, there's a lot of uh, generational curses, generational blame, and uh, people living un in, in darkness. And they have been condemned and blamed. And kids could not see through to see a vision for their lives, to see a purpose for their own lives. And yet when we communicated just through sketches and dances, silly dances, seemingly silly dances, kids were able to see the love of Christ shine through all of that. Mm. And they sat down to write their own dreams. We asked them to write just one dream on that um, big board. And they, they wrote dreams. Maybe we could go to the next That's fantastic. Slide. Yeah, next slide. Thanks, Colton. So that was, wow. that was uh, the end of the five days that we had been in schools. What you see is just half of it. Because when we turn that picture on the other side, it's just as full. And these were kids that were able to see their own lives, were able to see a hope for the future of their country and were able to write down what they were going to do to be the future of their own country. Now, this is just from your squad, isn't it? This is not That's for the right. whole states. How many squads were there in Lima? Eight, eight squads? Yeah. Just from our hotel. So there was several. There could have been maybe over 50 across the entire yeah, at, city At least of eight. Lima. So this is just from one squad. One squad. So these are the dreams ten. of those kids from one squad. Multiply that by a factor of eight. And remember, yeah. this is double-sided. Yeah. 
this is a hope and a future that these kids have probably never been told they can even have one. That's just awesome. So los sueños de un generación. That's my best Spanish. That's basically saying the dreams of a generation. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> now, thinking, Marva, I think you alluded to the other thing I was going to ask you about, uh, talking about living a life of purpose. So I would imagine if I asked you the question, what impacted you the most? Is it probably that? Absolutely. Um, I've always lived by a quote that Jesus loved me enough to die for me. And I'm going to live for him. I love him enough to live for him. And I just pray for each one of you that you may discover your purpose real quickly because that's the whole essence of why we're here. Mm. Mark 16, 15 alludes to the fact that we have been commissioned to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. What in the name of God am I doing every single day if it's not that as a Christian? Wow, awesome. That's fantastic. Thanks, Imwaba. So, David, uh, do you want your photos first? Do you want to talk a little bit before? Because you've got a couple of photos to show also. Yeah, so um, maybe I'll just talk, talk just a, little a little bit. Talk a little bit first. Okay. Yeah. Yep, so what did what, what did you see God do the most? What was the most, yeah. Um, I've I worn this T-shirt today because one of the things that impacted me the most was was the the vision for for one nation this this uh, these words on this say uh, for for our nation only one peru and and uh, the as as we were as we were arriving there and during the period of time that we were there uh, it was amazing just to see how everybody had put aside all their own own agendas, their own their own organisational agendas. There was 150 organisations, people from 43 or 45 different nations, but the the focus was not on not on my organisation or not not even on one nation, uh, one day organisation. It was that we were there with one purpose that Peru would be impacted with the gospel, and uh, uh, just going back a little bit. Um, uh, Bruce was talking about the, uh, our yeses. Uh, my yes was to go to Nicaragua uh, three, two years ago. And God said no. And uh, I, I didn't understand that. Two weeks prior to the team going, uh, my wife was promoted to heaven. And uh, then I understood why. But um, when... When uh, the team came back, especially I was impacted by the lives of every one of the team, but uh, I saw how much Bruce was changed. I, I saw Maria and, and, and their lives just spoke to me. And I said, I can't wait for another two years to go. So that's why that, that's the, the most that's impactful great. thing in my life. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's show you first photo then and uh, you yeah. can talk a bit about that. Um, we, uh, this is an interesting thing. I was, uh, this particular morning, it was the Wednesday morning of the week, um, the, our leader said, we're going to do street ministry, we're going to do a number of other things along with the water uh, that's, that's being, uh, that's, uh, the water uh, tanks that were being installed. And I, I put my hand up to do street ministry, but found myself in the team that took 
a family to, to hospital to, to get a, a certificate for two of the, the members of that family for wheelchairs so that they, they could be medically certified uh, needing wheelchairs. So uh, the next morning we, we picked up the, uh, the wheelchairs, took them to the, to the, uh, the site where we were and, and uh, some of us um, put those wheelchairs together. If we could have the second photo, please. Oh, wow. And this, this, wow. was the, this was the two people that we had put the wheelchairs together for. One was, a, was the wife and the other one was a daughter who, when she was born, was, was, she was told, uh, the family were told she, she wouldn't live to three years old. Wow. She's now 12 years old. Wow. This girl can only get along normally mm. on her knees by pushing her hands along and, and sliding along on wow. her knees. Wow. So we took the wheelchairs to the place and you should have seen their faces. They were yeah. so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when we went to take them into, the, um, into their, their little home, they couldn't get in through the door. The doorway was too narrow. So the next day, one of the other team members and I went back and we widened the doorway and, and extended the width of the yeah. door. Awesome. <laughs> so that they could get in. That's, that was very exciting. That's great. So for you, David, if you haven't already shared, what sort of impacted you the most? Because when you go and you do things like this for God, it's as much about where you're going as it is for you as well. It's, it's a two-way thing. So for you personally? Yeah, for me, for me personally, I was, I was really impacted just by the, by the, the way that the team uh, were able to work together and to love, just to love people with, uh, with everything and just the way people responded. It was just such a special thing for me. Awesome. Thanks, David. Thank Owen. Yeah. So you got some pics too. Do you need the photos first or are you going to talk oh, a bit first? Yeah, we'll, we'll put the photo up. Okay. Yep. Thanks, Colton. Beauty. All right. Tell us. Oh, you're not going to ask me the question? <laughs> yes. What, what, what did you see that impacted you the most about what God did? Well, what impacted me was uh, the fact that God, um, when you say yes, not knowing how it's all going to work out, how it's all going to look, um, how you're going to start, how you're going to finish, and you say yes to God, how he works it out when you just step forward and say yes. Um, now, we had a, a, a pretty large team for a water team. Now, the team normally uh, consists of a since uh, um, Nicaragua, they'd done it before, uh, eight members. We had 25, 25? Wow. Uh, um, 25 members in a team. And uh, I remember Jim, Jim Crawford from Edge Church saying, what we're going to do with the other extra people. So um, we're on the bus. Uh, we filled the bus and we're praying and we're praying and everyone's all excited. And I do remember a time when uh, it just went quiet because the excitement was over. Uh, and the anticipation of, of arriving in Peru, now it's time for God's time. Now it's time to actually uh, um, step into what God wants us to do. So it was a, a poignant time when we just stopped. And we arrived at the location where we were going to put the, uh, um, the, the filtration tank. And it was pretty bad. I'm, I'm not lying to you. It was pretty bad. So for about, say, a couple of hours, everyone was in shell-shocked. Uh, but then God stepped in and God started to work. And those extra people, you would not believe, um, God just used them miraculously. 
Now, when we first arrived, there was only two people. Um, this is only a small fraction of the actual amount of people that were actually uh, there. And God just started to draw people out. And you think, how are we going to get people out of their houses? Here we are. We've got all these foreigners in front of the, in, in, on, on, your, on your land. We've been there, oh, got about half an hour. And all of a sudden, people started to come out. We, we prayed that God would draw people out um, for whatever reason to actually, you know, come out. And it's, it's, it's remarkable what God does when you just pray. And I said before, and just leave it with him. Now, where we placed the tank, it was between two communities up the hill and down the hill that weren't speaking, weren't getting on. They'd pass each other in the street and not, not say anything, not say good morning. Uh, if they're not part of their family, they wouldn't say anything. Fast forwarding back to the end uh, when we've actually installed a tank, that whole situation changed. People were coming together as a community um, and it's remarkable what God, I mean, I've said this before, and I think you remember, I said it on the bus, that what God does with water, you know, we think, <laughs> mm. uh, I'm thinking, hang on, we're here to um, put in a water filtration system. You know, we've got eight guys working on a tank over there. There's healing breaking out over there. There's uh, ministering happening over there. There's uh, um, people being, uh, you know, being saved over there. And, you know, it's not what we signed up for. Do you remember? It's, we're, we're, we're supposed to be putting a filtration tank. But God had better ideas and bigger ideas. Yeah, that's awesome. And for you personally, Alvin. Yep. Well, actually, I'll have the next photograph, please. Now, uh, yeah. that's actually a, a baptism. You know, and... We had to take the water out of the tank to actually conduct the baptism because you know, and it took us two hours to get the water to put in the tank, to test the tank, and then all of a sudden God said, no, we're going to have a baptism, we're going to have baby dedication, and uh, I think we had five baby dedications, eight baptisms, and uh, one, uh, a whole family just came to the Lord and the whole family got baptized, uh, so awesome. and this is just putting in a water tank. Yeah. You know, so yeah. the point I'm trying to make is that God does so much with that little yeah. yes, if you want to call it a little yes, yeah. but he just does so much with our decision to do something and to go. Awesome. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, team. Great. It's always great uh, hearing amazing things like that through some other people's eyes as well. And I'm so glad that they shared all that they did because I'd heard some of those stories. And, you know, the goal of One Nation One Day isn't to go around baptizing people. It's not, not that, but it's like go out and tell people about Jesus and do things like water wells and stuff. So to then be able to do that as well is just absolutely amazing. So let me share you a little bit um, from my perspective of the trip in the, the last remaining 10 minutes or so uh, this morning. I want to start off with a scripture, which is uh, Philippians 4 and verse 13. Philippians 4.13, which says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And again, that's another one of these powerful, powerful scriptures. You can read that. Uh, and if it's not real for you, be bold. Ask God to make it real for you. But be careful when you pray prayers like that, because you will. He will make it real for you so that you can then do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, and so I've talked about the two yeses, the, the yes when you say yes to Jesus, the capital Y's, those occasions uh, that happen on there. Now I want to move into uh, what I refer to as the capital Y, capital E, 
and capital yes. The huge big yes, 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 no matter what. So it's the yeses that you know are going to stretch you beyond what you can possibly do. It's the yeses beyond what you can naturally do. It's the yeses beyond your current level of faith. It's the yeses but beyond what you even believe God can do and what you believe God can do in you. It's beyond what you think you can do and it's certainly beyond what you think you can't. Those are the capital Y, capital E, capital S yeses. So in September of last year, September 18, there was a video uh, that One Nation One Day put out talking about the trip coming up to Peru. Uh, and of course, our church uh, had always planned to be part of that. And so we were heading towards the yes, we're taking a team. Uh, but on this particular video, and I may have mentioned this to some of you before, uh, Pastor Jedediah Thurner, who's one of the head guys of One Nation One Day, he talked about the needs in Peru, which are as per usual in uh, these third world countries and the South American, Latin American countries. But he said what had surprised him the most was the huge level of abuse, uh, both domestic, uh, physical and sexual abuse. They had never come across it in such high levels before. Um, and it really spoke to me. And the challenge was that they wanted people to be able to go and do the One Nation One Day, but they also made an appeal. They said, if you've had experience uh, in working with people who have been through this type of abuse, we want you to come. Or if you've actually walked through that yourself, if you've been a victim of abuse and you've come through the other side, then we need you here as well to share your testimony and to be a part of the solution. Well, that spoke to me on both fronts. I've had the privilege of ministering for people in those areas, and I've also walked through those levels of abuse. And so that absolutely spoke to me, and I knew straight away, I had tears running down my eye when I saw this. I knew that I had to say yes to that, not only being a part of the Metro Church team, but I needed to say yes to that. So the very next day, um, I shot off an email to uh, the... Uh, the Director of Coordinations and Operations, who I'd been in contact with for the previous year, and this campaign has said, Matt, that really spoke to me. I don't know what you guys have got planned, uh, but here's my story, and I want to be involved. Um, well, they got back to me, and there was a bit of toing and froing. And in actual fact, several months took, took, uh, went by before they came back to me at the beginning of this year and said, we're on, um, and we'd like you to be involved in it. Do you still want to be involved? I said, Absolutely. And then came a whole bunch of capital Y, capital E, capital S's for me. Because they said to me, we're launching a new uh, ministry uh, for win women and abuse, and we would like you to lead it. This is the first time for One Nation, One Day, and we would like you to lead that. Will you do it? And I said, yes. Capital Y, capital E, capital S. They said, uh, part of that's going to be um, speaking at a women's conference, bizarrely. Will you do that? Yes. Capital Y, capital E, capital Yes. We'd like you to, to create a full day healing workshop and conference seminar. Will you lead that and run that? Yes. They said, will you provide some training materials for our pastors and leaders across the entire nation? Yes, was my response. And then they said, by the way, it's the whole week trip, but it'd be really great if you could go in a week beforehand to do some networking and getting to know some people. Will you do that? Yes, was my answer. Now, all of these are capital Y, capital E, capital S. All of these I've never done before. But I knew that God had called me. And so I wanted to say a capital Y and a capital E and a capital yes to him. And so when I talked this morning about imagine the other side of a yes, well, I don't need to imagine the other side of my yes. I'm telling you about the other side of my yes right now. For this particular instance, there will be many, many more, I'm sure, uh, before me, but this is the one I want to share about. So let me give you some, some recaps then on the trip and a bit of a comparison between uh, the Nicaragua trip, which some of us went on in 2017, and this one. So for Nicaragua, the population is 6 million. For Peru, it's 32 million. 
You just got to let those numbers settle in for a little bit. Six million people in Nicaragua, 32 million in Peru. So this is the first time that One Nation One Day has ever done any of these things. So that's a huge uh, jump in population. The number of missionaries for Nicaragua, two and a half thousand. The number of missionaries for Peru, 10,000. That is huge. Um, the area that I got to go to, um, and I've, I've done these stats, I've read these stats from UNICEF, so a trusted organisation. In the world, Peru has the highest level of abuse in the whole world. Um, in the city that, that they sent me to, by the way, they also said, Bruce, we want, want you to send you to um, Iquitos, which is in the mouth of the Amazon. I said, why there? And they said, because that's the highest level of abuse within the whole country. So Iquitos, the place that I got to, had the highest level of abuse within there. I had three goals that God placed on my heart, things that I wanted to see happen through the ministry that I got to be a part of. One, I wanted to be able to minister to uh, children who are currently or had been victims of physical abuse and sexual abuse. Secondly, I wanted to be able to work with leaders who could actually help people overcome that uh, and be part of the solution. And the third thing is I wanted to make sure there was a lasting legacy. Whatever I did, I wanted to make sure that that would last on there. So prior to my arrival, they'd organised for me to team up, team up with this amazing lady called Anna, who's been working with abuse victims for a long time. Uh, I know Pastor Jeff said on one of the Sundays uh, that she's behind um, a group of, of women, 400 women, I refer to as like a spiritual mother's team. Now, these are 400 women from one church and they get around all these kids that have been abused and they provide spiritual mothering and just a great friend and support. So they networked me with this lady who organised all of this and then there was a couple of helpers and uh, the plan was for us to go out and hand out some food parcels, uh, go into the community um, and uh, help them as best as we could. So that was all great. So when I get there, I then find out, actually, Bruce, you're still meeting with this lady and a few helpers, but we've done a little bit more for you. We've now actually created a whole new squad. We didn't have one before you hopped on your plane, but now you've got one. You've got an entire squad. The people that were on this squad, all ladies, um, they'd all been pre-allocated to go to either a prayer team or one of the normal school ministries. They'd each ask them individually, would you like to be part of uh, this women's and abuse ministry? And every single one of them said yes to that. And so when I met this team on the Sunday night for the very first time and we're doing our intros, every one of them bravely shared that they had all been victims of physical or sexual abuse. Some of them even bravely shared that in their brokenness, they had actually done harmful things to some other people and God had brought them through that. So I had an amazing team of people who knew what it was to be injured, who knew what it was to unfortunately hurt others whilst they were still in that place of damage. And so God handpicked all of these people um, for this particular unique ministry. They then also gave me a, a whole team of local Peruvians, not just translators, but local Peruvian team as well so that we could better connect with the community. And they gave me a bus and a driver for the whole week. And they said, you haven't got a set, set routine or a set schedule. You guys go wherever you want to go. And again, that's not what One Nation normally do. It's normally these are the schools. You do this, you do this, you do this. So we had absolutely total free reign uh, to pretty much go about and minister. And we did, led by the Spirit. So it was a pretty amazing time in there. Um, I mentioned that um, they sent us to the worst school, uh, sorry, the worst uh, place in the city, and I then connected with a lady who'd been working in one of the schools, and she worked with the worst school. And the very first day we went out with our team, that's the first school we went out to. I was in the foyer at 8.30 in the morning and said, oh, where's that lady I spoke to last week? Because I'd really like to try and get to her school. And then she's right in front of me. And I said, oh, when can we go to your school? She says, right now, Pastor. 
We're going right now. This is the very first place you're going to. Um, and so I had the privilege then of speaking directly to those school students um, about what abuse looks like and how it's wrong and the things that they can try and do to prevent it and talk to other people and get some assistance. And uh, the principal uh, spoke to our team afterwards and they, um, she called me into the principal's office, which just brought up such bad memories. It's like, here we go again. Back in the principal's office, but it was for a good reason this time. Um, and she had tears running down her face. She says, thank you so much uh, for coming and sharing this message. She says, as a school, we can't talk about these sorts of things. So the fact that you were able to come in and talk about this in the way that you did, she said, you didn't sugarcoat it. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, we, we spoke it the way that it is. Uh, if you try and hide some of these things, people just don't get the message. You've got to call it out and say what it is. And she said, thank you for being so open and honest about that. And she said, plus, the fact that you are not from this country, that you've come from another country, the students listens to you. And the fact that you shared that this happens in your countries as well as here had double impact as well. So it was just an amazing time uh, of ministry there. Um, I've just got one photo to show you. So just the first one for me, Colton. Uh, I mentioned about the church uh, where they've got these 400 spiritual mothers. This is God, how amazing how he does these things. I also connected with a couple of great pastors. And as it turns out, this is the church that I spoke at on the Sunday morning. That is the church of where the 400 spiritual mothers are. And those pastors that I met, I met with them three or four times throughout my entire week, which if you knew what the week schedule is like, that's like, how can you possibly catch up with those people on four occasions? God arranged it. And so there's a real strong connection and we're still in contact with them now. So God just does amazing things if you say yes to that. Let me finish off with the, the healing conference that I got to be part of with that one. Um, we had over 200 people that were there. That's a lot of people from a town that only has 440,000 people to get 200 people there to a conference that is specifically designed to minister to people that have been abused. Over those 200 people, and I got to chat with them during the breaks and afterwards, none of those were attendees who wanted to listen to the white guy from Australia talk about abuse. They were all there because they knew what it was about and they wanted to be a part of the solution. As I got to talk with them, over half of them were already actively involved in helping those abused. But the best part about it is they didn't realise that this person who they'd known for years is actually working in the same area of ministry. And so there was this instant connection, this instant networking of people who thought they were the only ones doing what they were actually doing. They then discovered we're not alone and let's do some networking here. Let's get some leverage. Let's get some uh, multiplying factor here. So that was a great part of that. The other half of the people that were there, they wanted to actually be involved in it. And that was great to have them there. Uh, and then we um, open up uh, the floor to a brief five minute question and answer time, which went for over half an hour. And these weren't dumb questions. These were like, so what do I do when the perpetrator is now dead? You know, just interesting questions like that. And so it was a great time. Uh, and then we prayed for them at the end. And that took five minutes, which became over an hour. Um, but just God doing amazing stuff like that. The end of my week, I mentioned what my three objectives were. I wanted to be able to speak to kids that had been directly abused. Got it done. I wanted to minister to those who were ministering to others. Got that done. And I wanted to make sure that I was part of Lasting Legacy, got that done as well. So when God places those plans on your heart, he does it for a reason. He wants to work through those things. And all we've got to do is say yes to Jesus. Now, as I wrap up, and I'll just ask the uh, music team to come up as well. I mentioned at the beginning, the most important yes you can ever do is saying yes to Jesus. So I want to show that scripture again. So if we just jump through to the end. Thanks, Colton. Uh, this is... 
John chapter 5 and verse 24, which says, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. So if that verse has never meant as much as it hopefully is right now, and if your heart is racing, chances are that's the Holy Spirit prompting you, saying this verse is for you. So this can be your morning where you can say yes to Jesus. You can respond to that verse. So let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes if you could. And just in your privacy, I'm going to ask you, if you want to respond to Jesus in that way, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Then all of us will pray a prayer, and I'll ask you to pray that prayer as well. And that's all that's going to happen. And then we'll give you a text number that you can utilize uh, to get those Bible verses that I talked about. So just as I quickly look around, is there anyone this morning? All you need to do is to raise your hand and say a simple prayer and you can just say yes to Jesus. And we'll all pray that uh, with you. So as I look around, here's your moment right now. Don't wait. Don't think, is this you, you, God, or not? If you feel something stirring inside of you, then it most absolutely is. And Father, thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for the message uh, that you've uh, delivered through me. God, I pray that for every single one of us, myself included, that you will help us always say yes to you and to believe and trust in you for all the things that you have for us in Jesus' precious name.